This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. All right, welcome aboard. This is The Adam Ritz Show, and my name is Adam Ritz, and Jay Baker is uh, on the phone. I'm keeping, uh, I keep waiting for you to have me on The Jay Baker Show. When are you going to do that? And so you can introduce I, me. I should do that immediately, if not sooner. No, I've, I've thought about that. It, I, and then even we've even talked about we should do a show face to face because we've been so reliant on technology. But the pandemic is kind of easing. So maybe we need, need to go uh, record somewhere. We could easily uh, bring back the face to face telecast of this of this show. And um you know, I uh, I miss seeing your face. We got so comfortable with this uh, on the phone um, co-host of the show that you've become that it's just so darn easy. Uh, I guess you could you could chalk it up to gas prices now. You'd rather just stay in your home studio and do this via telephone than actually drive here and spend money on the gas to get to the studio. Uh, no, so maybe now, now that the pandemic is a little bit more under control, once gas prices come down. How about you come into the studio? You want to do that? I'd love to do that. I know how nice that studio is. You could sneak me in the back so I don't alarm anyone. Okay. that's uh, <laughs> We'll put that on the list of uh, things to do in this uh, springtime uh, era of the Adam Ritz Show. We take a look at public affairs, community service, um, charity work, foundations, health and fitness, uh, just some topics that uh, hopefully will make your life better. And we try to do it with a smile. And I wanted to start uh, today with a story you may or may not have seen uh, out of California. There's an elementary school that put together a pep talk hotline. So I, this has made national news this week. Uh, it's West Side School in Clear Lake Oaks, California. It was part of an art project they did where a lot of the kindergartners, first, second graders, they put together words of encouragement on a voicemail, and they promoted the phone number. And people from all over the country are calling this phone number to get a little pep talk from the Pep Talk hotline. I'll give the number out a few times here. You can call it right now if you like. We'll also put the number on our website, adamritzshow.com. It's 707 998-8410, 998-8410, And I thought we'd play a, a few of these uh, messages from the kids. Are you ready, Jay? I am looking forward to it. All right, take a listen. Hi, welcome to Pep Talk, a public art project by Westside School. If you're frustrated, you can always go to your bedroom, punch a pillow, or cry on it. If you're nervous, go get your wallet and spend it on ice cream and shoes. Be grateful for yourself. Believe in yourself. If you're feeling up high, up high and unbalanced, think of groundhogs. It's okay to be different. We already like you. Never back down, never give up. The world is a better place with you in it. Everyone is capable of doing anything. You just have to let yourself shine. Bro, you're looking great. You are okay. We love you. 
So there you have it. Some uh, words of encouragement from the kids of Westlake School in Clear Oaks, California. They call it the Pep Talk Hotline. It's 707-998-8410. Jay, what would you think of those uh, pep talks? I thought they were amazing. I'm always impressed when kids are much smarter than adults, and those kids seem to have some great wise words. I'm sure there were a couple that definitely stuck out for you. Well, my main takeaways are uh, to punch a pillow. Uh, If I'm having, I guess, a a down day or a bad day, just go to my bedroom, punch a pillow. Uh, Something I've done before is go get my wallet and buy ice cream and shoes. (laughs) (laughs) That's sure fire. And I'm sure there are thousands of listeners right now saying, yes, that makes my day better when I buy ice cream and shoes. Uh, the one that uh, I'm going to investigate a little bit more, put some time and effort into finding out if this is true, is is to um, think of groundhogs. <laughs> oh yes, that'll elevate you. I didn't. Yes. Uh, I don't know that that little girl was like, if you're having a, if you need a pick me up, you, you need a better day. Think of groundhogs. Uh, I don't know if that means because their day is so bad, uh, a groundhog's day is so horrible that maybe your day will be better if you think of groundhogs. Uh, but I did like the aggressiveness in the young man's voice when he said, bro, you're looking great. <laughs> That's great. He's going to be the perfect fraternity guy later in his life. I might make that my ringtone. So when you call me, uh, my phone will yell at me, bro, you're looking great. That's it's funny. the uh, pep talk hotline out of Westside School in Clear Lake Oaks, California, 707-998-8410. And I'll have that number on this episode in the bio of, uh, of, of, this, of this show, of this episode in podcast form on our website, adamritzshow.com. All right, Jay Baker via telephone, what's happening in your world? Well, I will fess up to having a bit of a Twitter addiction. And, uh, you know, with so many moving parts to our society, I found Twitter is both an excellent and horrific overview all at the same time. So Twitter can make you very happy and it can make you very upset in very short order. Correct. We've always cautioned everyone to use social media sparingly and then also take any kind of input with somewhat of a grain of salt. Uh, You know, people will declare things on Twitter as if, oh, this is absolute fact, you know, Joe Smith was born in Washington. And it's like Joe Smith looks at that and says, dude, I was born in Texas. I mean, something simple like that shows you that there's plenty of stuff on the Internet that's not true. Believe it or not, there is. And, you know, social media really lends itself to people. Hey, look at me. Hey, look at me. There is a famous celebrity that has no social media presence whatsoever. Sandra Bullock. I never quite realized that. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. And Sandra uh, actually pins her not being on social media to working on a film called The Net back in 1995. And do you remember much about that that movie? Yes. Uh, That's that's, uh, brilliant. I I can't believe I, I didn't think of my immediate thought when you said Sandra Bullock does not have any social media. I should have immediately thought, well, that's because she was in The Net. And yeah, part of the script, I mean, the whole movie was about how somebody can steal your identity and uh, ruin your life uh, through the Internet. That's amazing yes. that that's why she doesn't have social media. 
Well, and I thought that that was brilliant as well. If you see the net now, because it, it is from 1995, you may be struck that it's not real realistic. It hasn't held up well. But like you said, the overall plot is uh, the Internet taking advantage of people. Sandra did say in a recent interview that sometimes she'll be at her friend's house and her friend will be on social media and Sandra will be sipping wine and she has said many times, I could chime in on that topic, but it would only reflect poorly on me. So <laughs> I thought that was well put. I think Sandra uh, so Bullock yes. also, she does not ride the bus. Oh, that may be true as well. <laughs> or at least doesn't get on the bus with Keanu Reeves. Uh, yeah, if Keanu yeah. Reeves is on the bus, she will not get on it. Uh, <laughs> could you imagine funny. if there, that's a movie right there, if, if you take a, a Hollywood star who's, who their entire life is directed by the scripts that they've had to read or perform. Actually, uh, that would be hilarious for her because she's been in such a wide variety of films. I guess you have would be kind of like Scream, yeah. You'd have to add the cruise ship to, you know, uh, yes. speed to cruise control, which was a flop. <laughs> I liked it. I'm a cruise ship aficionado, so I sure. actually enjoy the movie. But, uh, yeah, the net, you said it doesn't hold up well. It really doesn't. Uh, but the, no, I, the it's idea, one of those that doesn't. The idea of it is, is still strong. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if some of our younger listeners right now go watch the movie, they will laugh. They will laugh at how people thought of the Internet uh, in 1996, when that movie came out, I'm guessing, give or take a couple of years, you think about where the internet was and how you used it in the mid to late 90s. It was light years different than what it is today. So if some 20-year-old yes. rents this movie, they're going to be, you know, they, they don't even know what I just said there, rents this movie. If some, I should say, if some, <laughs> if some 20-year-old downloads this movie on their uh, streaming platform, uh, yeah, they'll watch it and, and shake their head as to there's, there's no way this is how the internet worked, but that's, it, it is, it doesn't hold up well, but it is still a good movie. I, I'm going to, that's been on my list lately. I wanted to go watch that too. That's why I, I'm mad at myself. I didn't think of that as to why she doesn't have social media. And I guarantee you, Jay, she is happier for it. She probably is. Uh, the other uh, thing that I always say for Twitter uh, it does lend itself to, and this is going to sound like one of those great hip phrases for the kids, doom scrolling. Yes. Uh, and that could get you in a bad mood quickly as you spool through not only one or two stories that get under your skin, but a whole slew of stories that get under your skin. So, yeah, we do urge you, especially with spring around the corner, get out, breathe some fresh air, enjoy nature, and uh you don't have to completely forget about Twitter, but forget about it for a while. Well, here's my uh, little take on on social media, uh, especially Twitter. When you see the trending topics, it, it may lend you to believe that this is how everybody feels or thinks. Yes. And if you really dive deep into the numbers, there there will be a trending topic with 6,200 people talking about it. And while 6,200 people in your living room would be a lot of people, in the scheme of things in the United States with 330 million people here, a lousy 6,000 people screaming about something uh, really doesn't mean that much. So don't yes. see something on Twitter and think, oh my gosh, this is what this is what the country's talking about. No, it's not. It's what 6,000 people are talking about. And it, these 6,000 people... Um, are screaming 
at the top of their lungs about it while you're at work, <laughs> while you're yes. trying to be a productive member of society, while you're parenting, while you're uh, giving to your church, while you're doing anything but sitting in your bedroom doom scrolling. So yes. take take the trending topics with a grain of salt. That's my best social media advice today. I think you're right. And as you probably well know, Twitter is the adult version of the great game you used to play when you were two or three years old. Was not, was too. Yeah. And you know how compelling those arguments were. <laughs> well, in, inflation and the pandemic winding down is decreasing tips. As you know, initially, when the pandemic kicked in, people were very cognizant. I want to tip well because so many people were reliant on those tips in the service industry. Hardest hit have been uh, people in the beauty industry. Tips have gone down. And then also in the so-called quick service industry, that's cafes and coffee shops, they've seen an overall reduction of about 30% in tips. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, there's actually a Wall Street Journal study on tipping. So far, sit-down service hasn't been greatly affected. The average tip still remains about 21.2% in the uh, restaurant world. And when I see a figure like 21.2%, you know, uh, depending on where your comfort level is for tipping, it's pretty easy to figure 10% or 20% pretty quickly in your head. But what happens, Adam, when you have to figure, I'm going to leave 21.2% tip on this meal, there's a lot of math involved. Yeah, math and uh, me, we're not friends. And uh, I just I just go with the, uh, I estimate, and a lot of times I would imagine I go over the 21 point whatever percent average just because I want to do easier math. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. But at any rate, uh, we'll leave tipping to you. We're not going to lecture on this show, but it is a nice idea to tip. And certainly the people that cut your hair and bring you a meal, uh, give them a little love uh, as tipping is going down. Um, does the name Mackenzie Scott ring a bell with you? Uh, no. She is the former spouse of Jeff Bezos. And oh, Jeff, okay. you probably know Jeff had a few dollars. Yes. Uh, he he uh, kind of invented this company called Amazon. And uh, he famously got a divorce and didn't blink. You know, sometimes uh, very well-to-do individuals, there's a lot of, uh, what would you say, drama associated uh, and certainly financial drama associated with uh, the dissolution of their marriages. Mm -hmm. But Mackenzie Scott and Jeff parted kind of uh, amicably, and she has been sort of noted as America's most powerful woman uh, because of her amazing philanthropy. She, uh, she actually puts Jeff to shame just a little bit with the sheer amount of money that she gives away. She just recently gave a $436 million uh, amount of money to Habitat for Humanity. That is unbelievable. Almost, <laughs> almost uh, half a billion. Yeah, just a kind of nice round number, $436 million. This was following the $281 million she gave about a month ago to the Boys and Girls Clubs of America. 
she also has a current net worth of 62 billion with a B and she's single. So I, you know, I'm just saying that <laughs> if you were looking to have a significant other, uh, she would be uppermost in my mind if I were in that age group. <laughs> you should, you know, use Twitter for something positive and reach out to her on Twitter and uh, see if she'll meet you for coffee. Mackenzie, I like you. Do you like me? Check yes or no. I am not a gold digger. No, I am not. I am cheap to keep, as I like to say. Uh, NASA has confirmed that it has found more than 5,000, and this is a word, exoplanets, which sounds like something from the Marvel Comics universe, but there are exoplanets. Those are planets that are beyond our solar system. Wow. And the reason why they have found so many, initially they found one or two in the last 10 years because it's difficult to spot a planet. As you know, the stars, of course, are self-illuminating. It's a little bit like the nightlight bulb. You know, when, when you have a nightlight and you put a bulb in there, you go, okay, I can see that. But you can't see the object 10 feet away from the nightlight because the bulb's not powerful enough. Well, NASA actually increased uh, a little process that allows them to find these planets. It's called light mining. And what they do is uh, they detect the passage of the planet around its own sun. And that's how they've been able to find these 5,000 plus exoplanets. Now, you'll love this, Adam. Four percent of these planets are likely uh, to have some form of life on them because they are very much like Earth. They're just the right distance away from their stars. I was going to ask you what you thought about life on other planets. Well, you know, as you know, it was somewhat theoretical just a few years ago, but with this new process of them being able to determine there's some 5,000 of these, and they've determined that 4% of the 5,000 are likely candidates, you would think that, yeah, some form of life, uh, and of course, I've read too many books and seen too many weird movies, <laughs> so sure, it's some kind of incredibly dangerous life form, but it, be, it could be something benign like, you know, little fish or little birds. Have you have you given it any thought? Well, yeah, and... You know, you could sit around the campfire at four in the morning and, and philosophize about this stuff. Uh, but you just, you can't, almost cannot not think that there's life on other planets if you believe that there are uh, billions of stars that are like our star, the sun. So if there are billions of those other suns out there, billions of other solar systems, billions of upon billions of other planets there just has to be one with some other public affairs show like this sure there just has to be one well there's got to be one other society that has perfected the drive-through window and that's how we really know whether they're advanced or not there has to be there's just <laughs> you can't not tell me that there's not another planet with drive-throughs <laughs> Absolutely. And do you know that they were going to open a restaurant on the moon, but there was a little problem, no atmosphere. <laughs> You're terrible. That's the dad joke of the month right there. That's the dad joke of the month. <laughs> but plenty of hey, parking. 
we have uh, met a lot of heroes doing the show, and here's another guy. Uh, he lives in Boynton Beach. Uh, Erlen, Erwin LeBeau turns 100, and he hopes to raise $100,000 for charity. And you might think, oh, that's quaint, a cool little man. He's going to turn 100. He wants to raise hundred grand for charity. But believe it or not, he actually founded his own foundation 30 years ago with his wife, and they have raised over $400,000 over the past 30 years. Oh, that's a very impressive. Uh, yeah. is, do they have a uh, an organization of choice that they give to? Yeah, they uh, contribute to the Albert Jewish Family Service, which helps residents in Boynton Beach. They said they went with that uh, organization because they provide help to all residents in Boynton Beach, which is in Florida. And uh, so they have been helping that organization for a while. Uh, Mr. LeBeau, pretty interesting fellow. He um, was a fighter pilot in World War II, authored a book, and has raised, as we said, over $400,000 in the last 30 years. If you search Erwin LeBeau on Facebook, which is IW, or excuse me, I R W I N. L-E-B-O-W, if you search Erwin LeBeau on Facebook or hashtag love for the letter or the number for LeBeau on social media, you'll find his contact information. And he started to he's well on his way to raising the hundred grand for his hundredth birthday. And I'm assuming it is uh, for his achievement of reaching the age of 100. That is the. Uh, precipice to give to the uh, organization he's not yeah. doing some sort of physical he's not going to run a marathon or anything is he no at a hundred he, he he's he's uh you know well put together but no he, he i think he's gonna sit in his chair and be comfy on his hundredth birthday but here's a guy that's accomplished so many things he really is part of america's greatest generation and uh i, yeah. I just when when we meet guys like this you just think man and then i'm the first guy to complain you know oh, it's raining today and this Irwin lebeau says you know i basically have lived 100 years and i'm raising money for people and making them happy that's fantastic good job uh mr lebeau speaking of happiness there is such a thing as the world happiness report <laughs> can you believe that the u.s in 2021 was ranked 19th on the world happiness report but now in this year they are ranked 16th out of 146 nations all right what are the criteria well the criteria overall is uh some of this is obviously self-reported but the World Happiness Report was created to promote global well-being. So it's people's overall view, mostly their optimism and their overall health and overall approach to life determines how happy you are as a nation. And I thought that was kind of interesting that they've attempted to quantify 
uh, certain nations are just happier than others. Yeah, 16th is not uh, terrible. I, you would think, no. uh, just looking at Twitter, you would think that we were 216th. Uh, <laughs> yes. But 16th is up then. You know, you're in the top yeah. 20. Uh, I would imagine uh, maybe uh, a country in the Caribbean or in, in Western Caribbean would be a little... Sure. If I were a, a citizen of... Rotan, just off the coast of Honduras, I would be higher than 16th on the I would list. be very, very happy, yes. If I had a cabana, I'd be very happy. Uh, Finland, believe it or not, is the number one happiest country. They've been the happiest number one for the last five years, followed by Denmark, Iceland, Switzerland, and the Netherlands. Okay, I'm smelling a theme here. I think the people doing this list uh, live in Northern Europe. Um, I, in any Iceland, any land that begins with ice, that is not on my list of happiness. <laughs> well, have you ever heard this story? And I always thought this was apocryphal, but I believe it to be true, is that supposedly Iceland is beautiful and Greenland is unmercifully cold. Okay. And they were named that way on purpose. So Iceland and Greenland, which are somewhat close to each other, actually have traits that are the reverse of their name. Because I'm with you, Iceland sounds like... A pretty bad place to that, visit, doesn't it? It sounds like the worst theme park in the world. Iceland. <laughs> Iceland. <laughs> Come and slip and fall at the airport. <laughs> you can't even get off the airplane without harming yourself. No, no. <laughs> All right, 16th on the list. I'll take it. 16th, and uh, it's a three-spot improvement over last year yeah. so. Good job, America. You're being much happier, and it's uh, we can tell. Uh, they said that even during the pandemic, helping strangers, volunteering, and charitable donations were up worldwide. And so that's good news. We really are a little happier than we thought, as you know, we hear a lot of bad news. And we've been through a lot in the last couple of years. But uh, I believe that that's uh, a note of optimism. Yeah, very good. Congratulations, Jay. You're a, yes, par you're a part you. of that happiness. We couldn't have done it without you. I know. I'm so happy. <laughs> you, you can't believe how happy I am. You know, I read stories about guys that have three times the energy that I have and the co more compassion than I'll ever have. And this story is amazing. A disabled vet by the name of David Wolf has been repairing bikes for former inmates to help them regain their freedom. Now, David uh, was a veteran of the Vietnam War. He has some health concerns from Agent Orange and has suffered from PTSD for quite a while. But he and his wife formed a foundation and joined a bunch of other organizations that help people in Brighton, Michigan. It's called Charity Bikes. Okay. They work with local charities to get bikes to those who have a need. And you probably saw this during the pandemic. There was such an increase in bicycling that bicycle shops actually had trouble keeping bikes in stock. Well, and, you know, we were talking earlier about um, post-pandemic and now with the gas uh, situation with gas prices i can imagine a lot of more people especially with the warmer weather coming in the north a lot of people are going to be riding bikes rather than driving cars 
Yeah. So uh, I think that that's terrific that he does that. And part of the reason they got the idea of being able to provide bicycles for uh, former inmates, you know, because we tend to think, oh, well, you know, they're going to be okay. They're out of jail. But uh, they found that uh, a lot of times being able to afford a car or even get to work is uh, remedied by having access to a great bicycle so or to a good bicycle. So uh, hats off to David Wolf and his lovely wife in uh, Brighton, Michigan. That's a great story. Thank you. And uh, good night's sleep, important for your overall health. We kind of know that. But uh, a foundation did some research, research and said that naps can be good as well. Had you heard specifically that naps are good? I have heard that, and I back that up. I'll I take a nap here and there, even if it's only, honestly, seven minutes. Like, just closing your eyes for a few minutes can help you. Well, it's funny you said that. You just about nailed it. Naps not only can be good, but they've been proven to increase energy and alertness in adults. And the ideal power nap is 20 minutes long. 20 they recommend minutes. that you that you go no more than 30 minutes because if you go 30 minutes, you start lapsing into different sleep rhythms. Uh, But a 20-minute nap slows your brain activity just enough to bring you some energizing, uh, you know, alertness. Yeah, Yeah. all right. Very, uh, very interesting. I I think we're going to pause the show right now so I can go take a 20-minute nap. Uh, Jay Baker, (laughs) thank you so much for... uh, uh, your insights and uh, good luck with your nap today and with your happiness to get uh, the United States maybe another three spots next year. We'll be 13th uh, as the U.S. is in the Sweet 16 for the Happiness of the World <laughs> Championships. Uh, join us on our website for more information, including that phone number to the kids and their pep talk hotline. The website is adamritzshow.com. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics Audio Out-of-Home Marketplace at Vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit AdamRitzShow.com. 